Hello, everyone. Hello, and welcome to a special celebration beginning to an episode of Two Girls Watch TV. Yeah, we wanted to hop on here very quickly before this episode started to say thank you, thank you, thank you. This week has been amazing for a lot of reasons, but you guys are absolutely fantastic. We love you with all of our hearts, and we have officially hit 1,000 listens. I can't, I just, for so long, Danielle and I looked, and it was like, 901, 999, 999 and a half. <laughs> we scraped for those listens. I really feel like we we hustled for those. I might have been 900 of our listens, but there were still 100 more listens that I didn't do. <laughs> Anyways, we just want to say thank you all so much to our loyal listeners you guys are the reason we hit a thousand and thank you so much so for, for wow I can't speak and thank you so much for supporting us this whole on this whole journey. Thank you. Two girls. I'm Stina. I'm Danielle. We want to focus on uh, television and movies in particular. Yes. Disclaimer that we are in no way film experts a deep, like, dive. Be quiet. Whoa. I'm yelling. Back me up on this one. (laughs) Hey, you're listening to Two Girls Watch TV. So, I'm gonna drink my G Fuel, not sponsored, and my eyes explode a little bit. Is it like a pre-workout? No, it's just like, um, so like people who play Fortnite. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. They just like, I don't know. They drink this. Dave got me. Dave doesn't really play Fortnite, I don't think. Um, there are, he's like a gamer that thinks like video games are beneath him, some of them. But he, yeah, he's like a very um, sophisticated gamer is what I think of when he talks about video games. Mm-hmm. But I think he heard about this from like some sort of conference or YouTube. I don't know. And so he was like, hey, I bought this stuff. Try it. And I took a sip of it, and my eyes went, whoo. He and, is, uh, he's an advertiser's dream if he just heard about it and then immediately bought it. He, yeah, I don't, I don't think he, I mean, I think he looked into it, and he was like, is this going to kill me immediately? No. Okay, buying. <laughs> Add to cart. So he does that from time to time. And he bought this pink lemonade, but he was like, I don't really like it, so I took it. And now, occasionally, when I want to switch off of coffee, um, which really doesn't happen that often, or if the coffee's not working to keep me awake, which happens is, happens is, oh my God, which happens more than you think that it would, I switch to this stuff. Gotcha. Uh So I'm nice and awake as we become secret agents. Secret agent man. What is that that from? a song is it from austin powers mm, i don't know okay anyways today we are discussing well first of all hello everyone and welcome back to two girls watch tv hello today we are talking about the spy the spy <laughs> you can't say it any other way no that's it you're gonna, t- you're gonna tell someone um, I watched The Spy. They're going to be like, oh, what does he do? Spy on people? Oh, so unpredictable. So you have to, if you catch them off guard and you go, so like Saturday I binge watch The Spy. They're going to be like, oh. Ooh, what is that? I want to watch that. 
tell me more about this spy. I've lost my mind. It's okay. Haven't we all? (laughs) So, if you want to watch this spy, it's on Netflix, and Mm -hmm. it's six episodes, and it's a mini-series. So, beginning and end happen all at once. Yes. No second season to this, uh, this show. Well, it can't happen. No, and we'll get into why on The Spy. The Spy! <laughs> Have we killed that joke yet? I don't know, let's, let's see how long this episode ends up being. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this has a single nomination. Uh, Sasha Baron Cohen was nominated at the Golden Globes for Best Actor in a Limited Series. That's yes, it. he was very good. So... Based on a true story, we watch as Ellie Cohen becomes Kamal Amin Tabet. I always say it wrong. A Syrian who eventually becomes a right-hand man to the president. You can call him Icarus for short. Wait a minute, Siri. I didn't say Siri. (laughs) That happens to me all the time. She was like, just a moment. I didn't say it. I always say, are you serious? And my phone lights up. Yeah, I've said seriously. They're always listening to us. Scary. They're spies. Okay. Cohen takes on the character of a wealthy businessman in order to provide Israel with battle intel from their feud with Syria. Person with a lot to lose, Cohen risks everything playing the role of Mr. Thabit. The things he valued melt through his grasp. His wife, the birth of his two children, his job his family's happiness, and eventually his life. If curiosity kills the cat, then eagerness hangs the man. Cohen was a dedicated man <clears throat> to his country, but it seems as though a Mr. Thabeth pushed him to fly a little too close to the sun. So let's get into our characters. Uh, our main character, as Christina said, is Ellie Cohen, a.k.a. Kamel Tabet, played by Sasha Baron Cohen. A very different role for Sasha Baron Cohen, who we just know as Borat. And this is, if you're thinking Borat, this is not a comedy. This is a very serious role for him. You have Borat, you have Bruno, you have the dictator. I don't know if you know this, but he's King Julian in Madagascar. Oh, I did not know that. Um, and then he also had the... On HBO... The Ali G show? Yeah. Yeah. So this is his his move away from comedy. Um, Ellie Cohen is a middle-class man living in Tel Aviv. His dream is to be an ambassador and finds himself being recruited uh, after he's been rejected twice by the Mossad, uh, which is a an Israeli like spy organization. Uh, His target is the Syrian government to prevent any more attacks on Israel. His wife is Nadia Cohen, played by Hadar Ratsin Rotem. Again, I'm very sorry, I'm terrible at pronouncing names. She is a dressmaker who does not share the same lofty views as her husband. She is content with her life, with the life that they have, and his job really takes a toll on her. Ellie is gone for a very long time, and she basically has to raise her two kids by herself. Uh, Dan Peleg, played by Noah Emmerich, is Ellie's trainer and boss. He is in a constant state of worry over Ellie. He has seen what can happen to his agents, and Ellie likes to be a little reckless in order to get information that is not asked of him. He goes a little rogue sometimes. A little reckless. 
<laughs> Once in Damascus, uh, Kamal, because in Damascus his name's Kamal, befriends. I don't, Ma- think, it's, I don't think it's Kamal. I think it's Kamal. Kamal. Okay. But I don't think it's Kamal because I remember I had um, I once had a student whose name was Kamal, um, and it was not pronounced the same way as my student. Okay, so we'll say Kamel. Yeah. Kamel befriends Mazi, played by Nassim Lais. Uh, he's the nephew to the commander-in-chief of the Syrian army. Uh, Kamel later betrays him and all the Syrian government when he aids in staging a coup. The coup is begun by Al-Hafizay, played by Walid Zutar. He is the Syrian ambassador in Buenos Aires and writes a letter to help Kamel obtain entry into Syria. And then Al-Hafizay, as president, trusts Kamal and even wants him to be the Ministry of Defense, which will lead us into our climax. At the end of episode five, Al-Hafizay offers the position to Kamel. Uh, This is right before he is scheduled to return to Tel Aviv. And as in the Kamel world, this is he's going on a business trip. Uh, he's reunited with his family, and we begin to see how the job has really taken a toll on him. Uh, he's not able to distinguish the, between his life of Ellie and Kamel. Uh, Nadia, who has been super suspicious of her husband's actual job and Dan as a boss, uh, she sees the change in her husband and asks Ellie not to return. We see... In episode six, Ellie's clothes thrown on the ground in Zurich, which is the Zurich, not Zurich, which is the midway point where he goes from being in Tel Aviv to being in Damascus. And he always hangs up his clothes really properly. They're thrown on the ground. This is when we know that he's choosing to be Kamel over Ellie. Uh, He accepts the job at the Ministry of Defense And he notices once he's back in Damascus that there are a lot of changes to the city. And he even reports back to Israel that the city is on high alert. They've caught spies in their midst and they're making, they think, they know that there are more out there. So they begin cutting power to neighborhoods and patrolling the streets looking for unauthorized signals. They target Kamel's neighborhood and catch him in the act of transmitting messages to Tel Aviv, and he is arrested. So, if we're going to talk about this, we have to. This movie has some of the most beautiful foreshadowing I've ever seen. And for those of you who are not familiar um, with Icarus, right? Because I said that in the beginning, and I don't know if. It's so for those of you who are not familiar with Icarus, um, Icarus and his father, they make wings because they're trying to escape, like, um, war. There's, like, a lot of stuff that's happening in Crete, and they fly above it. It's, like, the only way to, like, get out of it. So the father, like, invents them, and they fly away. Um, and they, there's, like, a specific – there's a sweet spot where you fly – you can't fly too close to the water, otherwise you'll drown. You can't fly too high, um, otherwise you will melt because the wax from the wings will melt. Yeah. And die. So Icarus gets daring, he flies towards the sun, the wings melt, and he ends up dying. Mm-hmm. Um, so if a person has Icarus tendencies, or you've heard the saying that person flew too close to the sun, it's because they 
might have taken things a little bit too far. And this is shown from the beginning because the beginning is the first piece of foreshadowing we have with present day, for, present day for the movie, um, which is actually 1965. Mm -hmm. And the character is imprisoned and he's writing a letter and he's trying to figure out what his name is and he forgot who he was. And we see a moth flying by a light and the moth flies into the light and dies and lands right on the paper. So immediately, as soon as I saw that, I was like flying too close to the sun immediately. I knew right away. So then we go through and there's a lot of different things as to where we get hints of this, right? So in the beginning, when he gets pictures as an agent, he does more than what was needed. He technically went against the command when his trainer Noah Emmerich speaks to his secretary about the last man who it's, he trained as a spy was brutally killed and dragged out by the mo on a motorcycle alive and he was like hogtied and he feels responsible for his death he was killed because he was too eager he did too much stuff he did instead of just doing what he was told and like laying back and chilling out he went above and beyond and it ended up costing him his life when he disobeys direct orders and makes his own decisions on multiple occasions. And, um, of course, when he's, I wrote SOS, but I meant Morse code. Um, when he's using Morse code and correspondence at the end, which the first time he escapes it, the second time they're able to track the signal. And he is told specifically to stay silent. And then he starts doing it again, mm -hmm. right? And then all of a sudden it comes back on and that's how they're able to find him. So, Throughout all of these pieces, it's like beautifully spread out all of the foreshadowing. It is inevitable. And we know that he gets captured because it happens in the beginning. Could I just mention with the moth, I didn't really think about flying too close to the sun. But what I was thinking about with a moth is that like moths are like butterflies where they start out as like worms and then they're in like a like a pod thing and then they sprout into a moth and then eventually they die they go through a metamorphosis and he as a person went through a metamorphosis that's what i was thinking of when i saw the moth oh okay yeah i took i definitely took it that he was the fact that he was too eager and i don't know if it was because he just really wanted to do a good job or if his character of mr thabeth made it so that he just became an overly confident person and took it too far. Yeah, it and I, I think that that also shows when he does go back, like, he is living in luxury, and, like, has, he is posing as someone of an upper class who has a lot of money, who throws it around a lot, and then when he goes back to his real life, he's not that. So it's hard for him to disassociate the two people. Well, also because he was there for an extended amount of time. Yeah. You know, and they kind of mention the fact that, so that's another piece of foreshadowing where they kind of say, like, we've had him over there for too long. He's been over there for, like, 11 months. So you're pretending to be a person, and, and I think this is what happens with a lot of method actors, too. You're pretending to be a person for so long that sometimes you forget who you are. Yeah. And as we know, that happens at the beginning and the end when he's trying to sign that letter. But... So you said that he was captured. He was tortured, you can tell, because all of his fingernails are bloody, so we're assuming that they ripped off all of his fingernails to try to get information from him. And then everybody that was involved with him was captured and brutally tortured. 
And then we see this long walk to his public hanging where he's put into a vehicle, driven down the street. He's spat on, he's cursed at, long live Syria, is what's said as he walks. He finally gets to the top. They go through the whole hanging, um, like, process. Mm -hmm. He denies the right to the face covering and... We watch, We don't watch him struggle, so you don't have to watch the person get hung, which is not a good sight to see. Yeah. Um, but you watch the reactions of other people, and bright memories flash by. So we're assuming that this might be, like, as he's dying, he's seeing these things, I'm assuming. Um, and then there's the final words on the screen after this happens. So... In May 18, 1965, Cohen was publicly hanged in um, Marja, I don't know if I'm saying that right, square in Damascus. His body stayed on display for six hours. Gross. The, uh, two years after his death during the Six-Day War, the eucalyptus trees Eli planted above the Syrian bunkers were used as targeting markers by Israeli military. The Golan Heights were taken in two days. Cohen's body was never returned to Israel. Even today, more than 54 years after his death, the Syrians refused to return his remains to Eli's family. Nadia never remarried. To this day, Nadia Cohen is spearheading the campaign to return Eli's body back to Israel. Mm -hmm. The movie ended, completely ended, in full circle as we watch a new spy go through his training. So I do want to also say before we start to go into the bits, um, I did a little bit of research, and I'm pretty sure this book is based off of the, I'm sorry, I'm pretty sure this series is based off of the book, Our Man in Damascus. It, it is. It meant They mentioned that in the beginning. Yeah, I don't remember that in the beginning, but when I was looking through things, I was like, oh, let's not forget again that we did a movie and we didn't know there was a book. Um, no, I think they mention that in, like, the credits. And I also noticed that in the opening credits that Sasha Baron Cohen is actually a producer on the show. Oh, I didn't see that either. Mm-hmm. Okay. You gotta, you gotta pay attention to the credits. Gotta pay attention. I was right. My dad always, whenever we watched a movie, would make us watch all of the credits. That's like, um, did you ever see the Simpsons movie that came out a long time ago? Oh, yeah. Spider Pig. Spider Pig. Does oh whatever a has, spider pig does. This has nothing to do with the spy. This spy. But at the end of that movie, they're sitting there and they're like, Dad, can we go home now? And he's like, no. These people did a lot of work. We have to watch all their names scroll really fast on the screen. <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with watching the credits. And also, if you have watched any of the Marvel movies, it's very important to watch all the credits because there are post-credit scenes yeah. that you have that will help you for the next movie also pirates of the uh caribbean did that mm-hmm. a lot as well so always watch your credits watch your credits and wash your hands <laughs> <laughs> the fun will never stop the fun will never stop so imdb gave it a 7.9 out of 10 Rotten Tomatoes, the critics gave it an 86% and the audience gave it an 84%. I thought that this was really good, to be honest. I think um, I thought it was too as well. The one review I found was a 9 out of 10 and it's titled Fantastic Series. Great story and it is absolutely true. Actors are superb. Sasha Baron Cohen, unbelievably good and not in a comedy. Watched it in one sitting. So I chose this review for mainly two reasons. I think this is the first time I've seen him not in a comedy 
Uh, and I love all of his comedies, but I also read an article where he kind of talked about that a lot of the stuff that he did was absolutely exhausting. So he's going into this role, and a lot of comedians or comedy actors go into, and drama actors try to do comedies and comedy. Going outside of your genre, I feel like, is not an easy fleet because people can be really criticizing. It's like, who the hell is this person coming into our genre? What yeah. are you doing in our genre? Hey, right? Exactly. So like, people, people can be mean, and that's that's how all people sound in my head now. <laughs> um, so... I thought he did a great job, and I also watched this in one sitting. I woke up at 9.30 on Saturday, and I watched the whole thing. I took a little bit of time to watch it, but I do agree. They, I feel like people will typecast you, especially the type of humor that he does, and because his character, like, he could easily make a spoof, uh, like, he could make a spy co comedy, and he could make this character a spoof so easily. We've seen spy movies become comedies, Austin Powers, <laughs> but well, I think you'd have to call it as a spoof, the and spoof. it doesn't have the same. <laughs> it doesn't have the same effect. So, um, but no, I agree that he did a very good job, and you, nothing about this character was funny. Like I didn't laugh out loud, but was it entertaining? Absolutely, and he did. He did do such a good job acting in this role. So, that being said, the review that I chose was a three-star review, and I guess this kind of goes into my low for this show. The series had potential to be quite fascinating. Did you hear? My Siri just opened up because I said this series, <laughs> and my Siri went boop boop. Did you need something? Let me restart. Uh, the series had potential to be quite fascinating, but too many times logic was missing from the behavior of the characters. It felt like a twist happened out of the blue, even when looking backwards, did not make sense. The last episode was actually the most compelling, certainly not as good as Homeland, which was done by the same people. Which, A, my I've never watched Homeland. My parents love Homeland. But one of the things that really annoyed me about this show was that Ellie puts himself in a situation and it's like he's like backed up against the wall and then it just is a hard cut to something else and we don't see how we got out of that situation. Yeah. The time that I'm thinking about specifically is when he is at the um, military base with Mozzie and Mozzie sends the prostitute in there because, like, he's never seen Kamal with, like, a woman before. And he's trying to, like, get an idea of, like, is he, what team does he play for? And, like, we have the prostitute on him and then Mozzie's in the door, like, so why, why don't you want to, like, do anything with her? And then he's just left there with his, like, look on his face. And then we don't know how he answers that or how he gets out of that situation. And then the next cut is, like, him sneaking around, like oh, you're just going to, like, do a hard cut like that and not be, like, not even, like, hear his excuse to get out of it? Okay, because I could see a couple of things like that because I felt that way at first when he's crossing the border into Syria. Yeah. And, but they but they tell you because, I'm, I mean, I'm assuming that what he told the his, um, his friend, the driver that he just became friends with, um, I have a lot of, like, very explicit pornographic photos in my luggage because I'm a lonely man or whatever. But and see, so I, they tell you. We assume that that's what he told them. 
But see, in that moment, he actually explains it. Yeah, but it's not every time. Not every time. So we just are left to assume that he is very good at getting out of situations and can think on his feet. But I would have liked more of an explanation in that instance. And there was another instance, too, that I'm forgetting. But that may be, like, one of my lows. Okay. I could see that. Because I remember thinking that it was very creative the way that they explained that situation at the border. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it. I think this show would have, like, absolutely blown out of the water if it did that for every single time that he's put in that situation. But that's not Sasha Baron Cohen's fault. I mean, that's, that's, that's writer's thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that his acting overall was very good. I, uh, I do agree. I, I, I definitely, I definitely do agree. Um, can I tell you my one other low? Is that okay? Sure. Okay. My one other low, it was probably in the same episode because they're at the military base again. Because he's sneaking around, he jumps on the back of a truck, and he is at, like, a construction site, and he's sneaking around, and then he is running wide open space, and all of these soldiers start chasing him, but it isn't until they get to the woods that they start shooting at him. He's in a wide open space, why wouldn't they shoot at him until he's in the woods, and A, why is he running around in the open space anyway? Uh, So much of that chase scene gave me a so much agita and b i was just like this is like this is very unrealistic other than when i saw that scene i thought that they created a character that was invincible yeah you know because he's running he's running and it was like superman like you can't shoot superman with bullets right yeah so they didn't shoot at him they shot at him and then he they never got him and then he would he just, like, turned into the invisible man and, like, ducked down and then made it back into his room right before they knocked and told everybody to stay put. Like, that scene made me, like, suspicious because it was like they created this character that was invincible. And you're waiting for him to get caught. And I, I, I know that he does get caught, but I don't know how. So I think that there was, like, a nice save between that moment of, like, me thinking they just created a character that can do no wrong and is completely invincible to kind of showing how a bunch of small mistakes can, like, ruin the entire thing. Yeah. Some guy can stand in the middle of the road with a truck flashing its, like, headlights on them and they just don't see him whatsoever. Yeah. and But from there, I think that... I think they did... The mistakes that he did make... I think that they were displayed like clearly and like it was obvious and it was stupid and you're asking yourself like what are you doing like why are you doing this kind of thing yeah definitely Uh, my high was like the one moment of comic relief when they're they he's buying all of the chairs and the vases because they want the newspaper and they say that the newspaper is more valuable than the vases so they're like cracking open the vases like looking for more clues and information and the wife is, like, watching them, and she's, like, shaking as they, um, like, crack open every vase, and she takes one, and she's, like, she watches him br- smash it open, her husband, and then she's, like, this one's mine. And she takes the vase, and she puts it on the countertop, because she doesn't want to watch him break through all these beautiful vases. That was, that was very funny. I don't know, was that, are those two a couple? That's the, that's the couple in Zurich. Why do you keep so, saying yeah. Zurich? Zurich, that, like, is the halfway point. Yeah, I thought that was that was that was a nice touch. I actually laughed 
during that. So I agree. I thought that was really funny. My high, however, it was definitely like the tone. I loved the colors and how they were able to, you knew where they were based on the tone that it was shot in. Like Tel Aviv was super overexposed. It was like washed out color. And uh, the DP was really able to like play with colors there because though everything was very like washed out and you could tell that there were some colors and colors weren't as vibrant, but there was a scene, I think it was like episode one or two where Ellie is there and he's driving and he's almost getting caught and there's like all these colors flashing where he's standing in front of a fluorescent sign and he starts to see colors and also like because Ellie has always wanted to be a spy you could tell that his life in Tel Aviv is this washed out and colorless And then when he finally gets to Damascus, everything is super bright and vibrant and colorful colorful, because that is the life that he wants to be in. So colors become more vibrant when he gets to be in his like dream position, or at least that's how I interpreted it. Okay. And also it kind of foreshadows, it doesn't kind of, it foreshadows that in the end, he will choose being Kamel over being Ellie Cohen. But he doesn't, though. What do you mean he doesn't? Oh, in the end when he writes the letter? Yeah. Yeah. He remembers. Because I think a part of it was, it was I think a part of it was a choice, but I think a part of it wasn't a choice because he genuinely forgot the person that he was because he was away from that life for so long. Yeah. Um, which is so crazy to me to like actually think about snack Snack break break. as far as snack break goes i mainly just had coffee yeah because i just needed something i needed like a stimulant here to keep my brain like active because i knew that i was going to be sitting down like a couch potato a little potato all day also these episodes it's six episodes they are jam-packed with information. Each yeah. episode is, like, a long period of time, and then you're like, wow, so much happened. Like, how is this episode not over yet? Um, for me, there's nice symbolism with bread and butter, because in the beginning, like, Ellie and his wife would have a late-night stack of bread and butter, and then we see as the like episodes continue, like they're eating bread and butter separately. And then yes, towards- those shots of them together. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, ooh, I forgot one more high. Can I say one more high? Yes. Okay. The <laughs> one of my favorite scenes was when they there's the football game and Ellie is in Damascus and he doesn't know it, but he's actually sending Morse code to his brother. And they're both watching the same football game, and he's che- they're both cheering for Israel in this football game, and it's like funny that they're like, like more like beep 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 back and forth, like oh my god, they, these people need to get it together. Eh? Well, it was funny because you get the shot of that, and then you get the shot of all of the Syrians in the room. <laughs> same level of emotion, just very different emotion. Exactly. <laughs> so. As far as um, expectation versus reality, we kind of talked, this was like the only thing that we really talked about ahead of time, but 
you know, you had started this series before me and had said, you know, there's a lot of like history and there's a lot of information. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just going to watch it all in one day. Of course. Um, it was digestible. You just like, you know, you have to pay attention. It also switches between English um, and other languages. So it's, you, I would, I would not take your eyes off the screen because occasionally they just pop something in in a different language. This is, so, this is a closed captioning TV show. This is a turn on the subtitles cause you're going to need it. I just, it, you, it, it hits you kind of like out of, out of nowhere cause they're speaking in English for a lot of it, but also like be aware that mm-hmm. they may switch. But I, um. I didn't really have an expectation for the history. I kind of had a theory going into this one. I was like, I remember history in high school and I feel like this has something to do with this, the, the, the war with the days. <laughs> I, remember, and I was like, I remember there's like the seven year war and then there's a day war. And then I realized it was a six day war. Yeah. It was six days, right? I was literally just having this conversation last night, and I'm pretty sure, yes. Or was it seven days? No, it's the seven-year war and the six-day war. I'm Googling it really quick. Uh, yes, it is a six-day war. Yeah, and then there's a seven, that's a whole That's a whole other thing. And I was like, I feel like this has the war with the, like, the amount of days are important, not the years, but the days. And I was right. <laughs> this, like, basically leads up to that. Yeah. So um, I just really like Sasha B, and I thought it might be nice to see him um, in something other than a comedy. I just I think that he is a true chameleon. Yeah, uh, there were roles that he played, like <laughs> King Julian in Madagascar, and I had no idea until like way later that he was the voiceover for that. So I just think that he's very like flexible, and um, I think he could do a lot of things. I also think he's incredibly good looking, so there's that. He's so tall. I also didn't realize he was married to um, Isla Fisher. Yeah, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I knew that. I I keep forgetting how tall he is until I watch this. I was like, oh my gosh, he's towering over everyone. Like six six. Yeah, he's very tall. He's a big dude. Um, going into this, I really didn't know much about it, and to be honest, this was another one that I was, like, not looking forward to, because, like, I feel like spy things are very played out. I don't know. There's so many TV shows about, and movies about spies, and what I really liked about this one in particular is that it did not glamorize the idea of a spy. Because you got, like, James Bond, who's Mr. Debonair, running around, being a spy, and, like, being single, and being a womanizer. Meanwhile, this person, A, was real, and B, had a family, and his job really put a strain on his family. His daughters didn't even know who he was, and his wife had to write fake letters to their kids so that they thought, like, daddy was thinking of them, which is so heartbreaking and sad when you think about it. But I really liked the reality of what it means to be a spy versus, like, the glamorized, I'm just gonna bang a bunch of women and, like, drink it, shaken, not stirred, or whatever the crap it was. Well, I mean, you have... You have this. You have the spy. You have James Bond. You have all the spy kids. You have Shark Boy and Lava Girl. You have like there is just so many. Spy, I just literally typed spy into Netflix, 
And those are the first four things that came up. Then you have, what is it? The spy, Stumpy. It was like, he's not spy. Spy kids, shark boy, and lava girl, Christina. Yeah. (laughs) Shark boy and lava girl. What do you have against those guys? <laughs> it's just funny that when you type in spy, that's what comes up. Not like Austin Powers, Homeland. No. I got my spy, spies in disguise, spy, spy who dumped me, the spy, fair game, the red spy, the spy next door, spy intervention, spies, burn notice, man in the wild, the Americans. The spy who came in from the cold. Message man. The spy. The spy. Spy game. Okay, we get it. There's a lot of spy content out there. Talk about a genre that's overplayed. Yeah, seriously. But, but I, think, I, don't feel, I don't feel like this was overplayed. I agree with you. All right, so. did you have an IRL moment? I just put a bunch of question marks. I really don't think I do. I had one that I picked out. Ellie is with his, well, not Ellie, Kamal is with his, Kamel. Why do I keep saying Kamal? Kamel is with his girlfriend, and they are at the dress shop, and she's asking him which one he prefers, and he said, just get both. And I can agree with that, because I am incredibly, incredibly indecisive when it comes to ridiculous things. So, yeah, just buy both. Life short, buy two. Eh? Oh, yeah, I could relate to that. I think when I went in the city, when I have, uh, when we could go in the city, mm-hmm. so this was a long time ago, I went to Sam Edelman and I showed you the, is Edel- it Edelman or Edelman? Edelman. Oh, Edelman. And I picked up two pairs of boots and I was like, Dave, I don't know which ones, because he said he was going to buy me something. And I was like, but I don't know which ones I want. And he's like, then get them both. Done. Thank and you. then there was a sale, so it ended up being two for almost the price of one. Oh, that's fantastic. I love their yeah. shoes. Very comfortable, so there's that. And on that note, <laughs> we're going to give ourselves the boot because we're done. We are. So thank you so much for listening. Um, tell your friends, really trying to grow here, trying to flourish, if you will. Trying it's to bloom. Flower. Yes. So... Instagram, hey, it's two girls, classic Stina, Danielle Kobianki. Twitter, hey, it's two girls, classic Stina. Email, two girls watch TV. Check out our YouTube channel, um, two girls drink beer, and let us know things that you like, things that you don't like. It would be super awesome if people who are listening watch the YouTube video and just left us a comment, even if you were like, cool, because we'll respond to the comments, and the more comments we have and the more likes we have, um, kind of messes with the algorithm and gets more people to like want to watch us. So we would really appreciate that if you could do that and rate and review the podcast or just like pick one of those things. Be like, hey, two girls, you're asking for too much. So pick one of those things and it would be super wonderfully uh, wonderful. (laughs) And on that note, everyone enjoy the rest of your weekend. Doodles. Bye. What's up?